Hello and welcome to the True Blue LA podcast. I'm Jacob Birch. Eric Stevens here, and the Dodgers suck. <laughs> so right, that's not. Let's. How about this? The Dodgers are sucking. That's that's a okay. better yeah, tense that, that, to that, use. That, 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 that's <laughs> absolutely true. Uh, I the okay. So the one positive, right, is that we can sort of hold off on wondering if the Dodgers are going to win 120 games this year. <laughs> like, so at least at least there's that. Um, there, there is, I think, another good thing to talk about, and we'll we'll get to it afterwards. Well, is that well, like, they're still they're still you know, they, uh, they at at this moment they literally have uh, the best record in the National League. Now, right now, they, now hand, they can't but, compare to such a powerhouse as the, the what the Kansas the, City Royals. <laughs> I, I was just gonna say you're in you're in Kansas City <laughs> basically, and. Um, and like you, yeah. So you're podcasting about a team with the second best record, tied with like actually several teams, but then uh, also living in a city with the team with the best record. And so, uh, and then on one hand, like, what if we said the Dodgers and Giants would have the same record? Um, <laughs> yeah. That's, that, what would that, you predict a, the record to be? <laughs> that, that's warning flag season, right? Like, so yeah, it's it's a problem. But yeah, they're 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 struggling. Right we're now. we're gonna go over why. See if there's any silver lines. Kind of map out what we think uh, is going to happen. The and we've... sky is falling. <laughs> All of that after this. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I was wondering who, what, I, on a day game, which was. You're right. <laughs> oh I, my you, gosh. You, you can't, you can't afford to do this. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, and that's part of one of, one of the points I'll, I'll have in there. Like, who's hitting? The who's that, hitting like, eighth? That's my question. Barnes, um, but Rayleigh's hitting seventh. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so the point, yeah, right? Like he started. This is like his eighth start. Like he's fine, but 
about to say when he's the 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 good one of the depth. Yeah. <laughs> bad bad. All right. Um here we go. Just getting back to real quick to the silver lining, it it's this interesting slump in that not not only, you know, yes, they still have um the best record in the National League and are, you know, one decent streak and one slightly medium streak from the Royals from being atop in the majors again, but it, uh, there's a reason for that. And it's starting pitching. So like, Hey, something's going right. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, it's weird. Like, well, and you know, it's so you sort of forget like they were literally 13 and two, like, um, to start, but now they're, they're 15, nine because they've lost, um, seven of the last nine. And it, I mean, on a very simple level, like they're just not hitting like, um, and it's this weird thing where, like, when you're in a slump like that, everything just becomes magnified when you, like, yeah. kind of chase for excuses. And, like, some of the excuses have, you know, at least whispers of validity to it. I think across baseball, zones have been awful. And that's that just becomes so much more frustrating when you also can't hit. Um, seven of the, you know, if we say the, the slump has been, what, the last 10, 11? Like, when do you think 10. the slump started? So they scored eleven runs in the the first game in San Diego, that and that was it with a five run twelfth, and um and then they scored they've scored like just over three runs a game in the ten games since. So yeah, so let's say the last ten games, six of those games were against arguably the second best team in baseball. So you know that certainly mm-hmm. plays a role. Um, but they've also lost two of the last their first two games against the Reds. So there's, it's more than just the opposition. It's certainly more than just the umpires. They uh, also split, split with Seattle. The one game they won in, the, so, so uh, in the seven of nine stretch, or I guess, so it's seven of nine, but they also won that, that uh, the first game of the 10 game stretch. So two of those three wins are shutouts. So like you basically have to like pitch a shutout to, to get a, guarantee a win at this point so it's this so, weird yeah, yeah. so really it boils down to and this is mostly on offense but it, it certainly affects the bullpen as well is yeah. got like your best players are playing fine to good maybe justin turner accepting um and then your what you're expected to be your your depth are performing awful and yeah. then some key guys are hurt, and you're required to have more of those depth guys who are being awful. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's it's one of those things where like they're yeah they're like having to start uh, guys who you know normally wouldn't, and, and like it's it's one thing to have to start those occasionally, but that it's like they're having at least one of those people, if not one or one or two, in the lineup every day, which hurts. Um, so like the usual stuff. So the last ten games, right? They're hitting one seventy. 298 on base, 294 slugging. That's, you know, putrid. Um, during that time, everyone always harps on runners in scoring position because when you're not scoring, like, that's usually what happens. But so they're 12 for 72. They're hitting 167 in those 10 games. Uh, I looked at only in, in that same span, only the Phillies are worse, have a worse batting average in uh, in scoring position, 155. So um, they... The problem you um, you is that like in the ten games they've only averaged nine plate appearances with runners in the scoring position, so they're not like giving themselves the opportunities. They usually average like twelve to thirteen, um, and so 
you know, you need the opportunities, but you also need to do something with the opportunities. So it's kind of a problem. Now we'll, we'll sort of, you mentioned the lineup. So like the sort of regulars, right? Like AJ Pollock, uh, slumping 627 OPS, 77 OPS plus. Um, he actually missed three games, uh, the last two because he had like a stomach bug. He's actually, they're playing a day game today. We're recording on Wednesday. Uh, he's back in the lineup today. Gavin Lux has been struggling too. Like he has a 44 OPS plus. He, you know, he also missed nine games because of wrist soreness. So he's one of those guys too that's like sort of tested the depth in that um, they basically had him start. You know, he started like every game but one when he's been healthy. So uh, it's an issue. Um, and then, but then if then you start getting into the other stuff, like Edwin Rios, right? Um, he's four for 43. And like this is a guy who like literally was like a home run every like 11 plate appearances in this first two parts of two major league seasons. Now, obviously he wasn't going to keep that up, but like he hasn't been anything at all. He's over his last 24. Uh, here, here's where we're at with Edwin Rios. So Monday night, uh, after the game against the Reds, the opener against the Reds, um, Dave Roberts was asked like, you know, do you, do you like send Edwin Rios down uh, but, and, and Roberts was like, no, you know, we have confidence in Eddie. Um, you know, he's, you know, he, we think he's going to produce all this stuff. He was sticking up for him. Uh, and then last night after the second game, uh, Rios, I believe pinch hit only and, and made an out. Um, he struck out. And then, um, I think someone else asked it this time. Uh, but it was sort of the same, roughly the same question. And Robert's answer was like much more couched. Like it was like, well, certainly we'll evaluate all of our players. And like, and so it's like, so like, it's not out of the question. So the issue becomes like, if you send Edwin Rios down, who are you really bringing up? Right? Like, so they literally, the only two like position players remaining on the 40 man roster who are healthy, um, are Zach Rex, an outfielder, and then uh, Caber Ruiz which is probably like the best option. Like especially he's, uh, you and I were talking before hitter. we recorded yeah. is they're also using, they're being forced to use whether it's Barnes or Smith, their backup catcher on the day aggressively in pinch hitting situations because they're just the best <laughs> like right now, frequently the best option off the bench. And if you're going to do that, bringing up a third catcher sounds rather attractive. They use Barnes early uh, in at least one of the last two games as a pinch hitter. And yeah, it was like whoa, like they're they're hurting right now. And, and the other thing reason uh, where they're hurting, so okay, so the other thing with Edwin Rios, right? Like sending him down, they sent Matt Beatty down. They were also barely using Beatty. Um, I think he had started like one time in the first eleven or twelve games. Um, so they sent Beatty down, and then they've since brought him back up because everyone's kind of hurt. And then. Um, since he's come back up, he's reached base like seven out of nine times. So, so like he's done fine. Not, not to say he's like fixed or anything, but like that, you know, that's the sort of, that's what you're sort of hoping. It, it becomes less about who replaces Rios as it does about, you just need to make sure Rios gets right. And like, the other thing is the timing, like there are actual games this year at alternate sites, like against other teams, like four or five a week. And also, the minor league season starts next uh, week. So May 4th, I believe, is the first opening day among the group. Um, so, yeah, like, I would imagine that that might happen in the next within the next week or so um, in terms of that. So, But some of the guys they're, they're using, 
like Luke Rayleigh has gotten a lot of run. He's actually starting today. Matt Beatty started yesterday. Now, um, Rayleigh's like six for 31. He hit a home run in San Diego. D- they even called DJ Peters up, Glendora's finest. Uh, he was so happy. He had like, like, like 15 or so family and friends that were like posing with him after the game. I believe he, he grounded up Friday night in his major league debut. Um, and then he, he uh, played a couple games over the weekend. He started Saturday against Blake Snell. Uh, and then in, uh, in those games, he was 0 for 4 with four strikeouts, completely overmatched. Um, so, yeah, it's a problem. Um, the, the pro- so the, the issue is, like, you have all these guys, like, hurt, like hurting. So, you know, we talked about in the offseason a lot um, before they, like, they, they signed Justin Turner, that how the Dodgers needed to do more than Justin Turner um, they needed position player depth, and it wasn't. It was like part of it. They're losing um, Jock and Kike, but like it's not. It's not all on that. It's just like that. You have to. I think you just have to give yourself more options. Like they did end up trading for Sheldon Noisy. Noisy has hit a couple of home runs uh, in the last week, so like he's been okay. Um, so McKinstry is out with a. Uh, he was Zach McKinstry. Um, another what he was like one of the Dodgers like best surprises this year one of the actual new guys who was producing but then he strained his oblique so he's probably going to be out a couple weeks now um aj pollock i mentioned he had the stomach bug for a few days chris taylor had back stiffness he missed two games and then didn't start a third he ended up pinch hitting later uh gavin lux missed those nine games so like with all these little nicks like mookie betts got hit by a pitch missed the game he had back uh, problems earlier he missed like four uh, so, like, at least one of Luke Rayleigh, DJ Peters, and Matt Beatty have started in the outfield. Uh, counting today, it's going to be seven straight games. So, like, the fact that you have to have one of these guys in your lineup at this point, that's been an issue. Um, and then, and, then and some, that's outside of injuries. With those, you, the Dodgers are also frequently going to spell one of their infielders, and now you're starting mm-hmm. two of them. <laughs> and, right. Like, and, and, like, and that, that's, not, that's not even counting the Rios starts who which has been you know plentiful uh at this point and like he hasn't really produced and, and, and so it gets to the point where you're like wow like it's just it's hurting and like but and and so like the, the, well and then the, if you really want to get dark right like imagine how bad it would be if the pit, the starting pitching wasn't doing well <laughs> like right um so like the, the starting pitching has been like their greatest strength and like i think that was sort of probably expected but i will say even that like uh, I'll get to this why in a second. Why it's it, it still could be a little bit of a problem. Um, so uh, on the season, they're fifth in ERA starters, two eighty two, third and fifth, exactly three. They lead in innings. They're the only team averaging. Uh, they're six point one uh, innings per game. Uh, that's that's actually that's the decimal six point one. It's not six and a third. Uh, they're the only team averaging six innings to start. Uh, they lead the majors in WHIP. It's under. It's zero point eight nine one. <laughs> Their strikeout to walk ratio is seven point four as the starters. So like they've been ridiculous. Like really good during this ten game stretch where they're not hitting. It's it's a two ninety three ERA. So like they're kind of been they've been very consistent. Um, but uh, now I will say this: now the bullpen has been shaky and like um, it, it's not been like. Some of it has been outright bad, like it's. But there's also been like I think a lot of the the expected pieces have been okay, but then like there's little cracks in the armor. Like 
So the big one was the Sunday night game against the Padres. I like that would have went a long way if they had just closed out that game. Like it, like it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have felt as bad as it probably does now. They were they were up seven to one in the seventh. Uh, David Price came in. Um, Bruznar Gratterall faced like three batters. Didn't he only retired one? Roberts was like very terse after the game. He's like, "Why did you take Gratterall?" And he's like, "Well, he didn't execute his pitches." Like he's just like, "All right." So and then um, Jimmy Nelson uh, gave up like four hits, but like two of them were like you know sort of bleeders against the shift, or one was against the shift, one was like a bloop. Um, so it's a problem. And then Kenley gave up a home run in a tie game Monday night. I mean, honestly, like, but he's been generally fine. Not, I'm not like worried. This isn't like a Kenley problem in the bullpen, but it's just like a collective problem. So in the last 10 games, the bullpen ERA is 394, which doesn't look bad, but they've also given up five unearned runs. Now, some of those are extra innings, but just 18 total runs in 29 and two thirds. So it's been a problem. Now, the other issue is Price, like, they were going to probably have him go multiple innings on Sunday, because um, that's sort of his thing, you know, but then after the first inning, he's like, I have a hamstring thing, and so they had to take him out, and then now he's on the uh, injured list, so, and he's going to miss, like, at least two weeks, grade two, I believe, um, and then Corey Knable, um uh, has a lat strain. He's going to be out months, literal months. Um, so that those are like two of the most important pitchers in the bullpen. And then now, to, like they're going to do a. Uh, so they're in the middle of, I believe today is game seven of fourteen in a row. Um, so they're going to have like a uh, bullpen game at some point in Milwaukee. Now the game notes. Dave Roberts hasn't talked yet today. The game notes list Friday starter is TBD, so that's probably going to be the bullpen game. Uh, it gives the starters extra rest. Now, the problem is, you know, they went into the season, oh, we have eight starting pitchers. Well, they have the five in the rotation now. David Price was one of the, the one of the eight. He's on the injured list. Tony Gonsolin uh, is throwing, like, long toss in Arizona right now. He's on the injured list. Jimmy Nelson is, like, two innings max uh, at this point. So... Uh, it's it's going to be a total bullpen game Friday, and then and that's it. That's sort of an issue. Like like you know we always laugh. Like, well, what about you know we have all these starting pitchers. It never works out that way, right? Mm-hmm. Like that that's why you have like all these pitchers. So uh, they're it's it, they're hurting a little bit right now, and, and like you're starting to see sort of the the cracks in that. And like I li- I I tweeted out something today about them using a bullpen game and uh i would say like at least five responses have been like how do you have a bullpen game if you have no bullpen like (laughs) and so like that's part snark but also like there's a little bit of truth to it like um they've had um oh the other issue is um the i think uh they're getting the team i don't think they've announced it yet but they're like either very close or um maybe have possibly already passed the 85% threshold as an organization, like all the tier one people, players, coaches, and the travel party, basically. Um, a lot of the players have gotten the their vaccination in the last couple of days. And then a few of them have had like, uh, you know, feeling sick afterwards. So they've used like the, the COVID IL, like liberally, like uh, Dennis Santana missed a couple of days because he felt ill after the shot. Uh, yesterday they put... Uh, what was it? Mitch White 
and someone else who I'm not not remembering um, on the thing. So like uh, the the good news is that like you know they're possibly getting to that 85 percent mark, which will bring loosen restrictions when they're on the road and then when they're in the dugout and clubhouse things like that. Like so Clevenger. Uh, uh, yeah, that's okay. that's probably right. No, no, no. They brought Clevenger back. Oh, okay. I'm like trying yeah, to remember that um, transaction. It was a yeah, th- a very flurry of transactions in that one. Yeah. Well. So yeah, he yeah he yeah. It, it's weird, but like um um oh uh, Victor Gonzalez was the other one who went uh, mm. on the so and it's very possible they could act while recording that they could actually be activated before today's game. Who knows? I doubt it, but like uh, we'll see. But like. Um, so when you look at a bullpen game and it really depends on how the, the, now you have Kershaw going today, Bauer Thursday. So like, that's a strong, uh, lead into a bullpen game in that, you know, they're like generally guys who are going to go deep. So you're not going to hopefully tax the bullpen. So you could have a Mitch White, you could have a Dennis Santana, you could have Jimmy Nelson, like all those guys like ready to go like multiple innings. And so it it might work out, but like it's 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 rough. And then also they're facing like a Brewers staff that ha- their pitching staff has been ridiculous. They face Woodruff on Friday in that bullpen game. And then Corbin Burns has like, I think he's at 49 walks or 49 strikeouts and no walks. Uh, so he's been ridiculous. So uh, it's a it's a rough. It's a rough stretch uh, for the offense to sort of break out of. Like it's a tough task, but that's that's sort of uh, that's baseball, as they say. The other the other thing too, I would say about this start, like um, if you look at it, like Monday Monday is going to be their thirtieth game, and last year that's the halfway point of the season, right? Like this year we still have five months. Like yeah. it's just like it's so I I don't know. Like part of it is like the, the you know the team obviously still needs to get through the season so it's not it's not like don't worry it's more that like we forgot how to get through a baseball season at this point like so i I, I don't blame anyone for overreacting i also think not only has it been kind of the bad slump and obviously it has but it's it's felt bad like it's like when you're when starting pitching is the one thing going well that means it's the back half of games the you know the higher um, leverage situations that are going poorly in both directions. Not only, I think if it was, I think if uh, Mookie Betts and Corey Seager um, and to a slightly lesser extent Chris Taylor and Max Muncie, because Max Muncie's watch, walking a lot, right? But he's not getting those key hits, which is what the Dodgers yeah. are lacking. And Corey Seager and Mookie Betts have had, um, more so with Mookie, have had moments, you know, I think Mookie is on like a, a 10 game or something um, on base streak. But like he's hitting two hundred or something, and right. so nothing is going well. Well, outside, like I said, of Justin Turner. Justin Turner's fine, <laughs> as as we come to expect with Justin Turner in April or not. But even 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 Justin Turner, like, um, he's been fine. But also in that last ten games, like, hasn't been like, you know, yeah. great. You know, so like even that, like, it's just yeah, it's just been like a sort of a a team wide thing. It's just it's very odd. The other thing, like, so this slump, like, it also, um, like, I, we didn't really get to talk much about, it was, like, another very exciting, like, Dodgers-Padres series. Like, um, you know, Max Muncy, you mentioned, like, he walked five times Sunday. One of them was intentional, but he was also up 2-0 in the count. So, like, that also set up a thing where they walked um, 
Muncie and Chris Taylor intentionally because, uh, again, the Dodgers were out of position players. Um, it was ex- extra innings at that point, so they had to bring up pinch hitter Clayton Kershaw, uh, and it worked. Uh, but then, it the so the, after the game, they were asked about this. Why didn't you have Kershaw bunt, like squeeze? Um, and Robert said, well, you know, the, you, you wanted to give DJ Peters, who was the on deck hitter, the chance, which makes sense, right? Like you don't, you could, you don't want to like run yourself out of an inning and possibly have a double play that ends it. But then, like DJ Peters was struck out, like because um, he's been kind of overmatched a little bit. So then it's just all sort of uh, you had like Fernando Tatis um, hitting two home runs on the anniversary of his dad hitting two grand slams at Dodger Stadium, and then he hit two home runs the next night, and then he hit another one Sunday night. He was, like, taking control of that series. You had um, uh, also Tatis um, mocking Trevor Bauer, um, like, uh, when he hit two home runs off of him on Saturday, but, like, in a good-natured way that, like, sort of – it was it was sort of refreshing to see, like, everyone sort of just appreciate that for what it was. Like, Tatis covered his eye on the first home run, uh, an homage to Bauer doing that against the Padres in spring training. And then he did like a, a, a pseudo Connor McGregor strut. Even like Bauer was into it. He was like, I have no problem with any of this stuff. Like it's, it's great. Uh, it's just like guys going back and forth. He did have a problem, uh, with Tatis on the second one, sort of peeking back at Will Smith's positioning. He put out like a lengthy video on Sunday about it. That was a little bit of a kerfuffle, but nothing came of it. It was just, it was, what do you it mean? Like, a Bill Plaschke article came out of it. Yeah, that, that's so well, nothing came out of it. <laughs> so I, I made the mistake of so um, the L.A. Times like banner headline the next morning was into the Friars pan, which was a wonderful headline, and I just did the screenshot of like the whole page, and I immediately regretted not just cutting it off at the headline because on that left column side was Plaschke's column and basically saying Dodgers cheated again, this time by Tatis or whatever it was. And I was like, God damn it. Uh, so, so I have like everyone in my replies going, damn it, Plasky, like, you know, all this stuff. But it, so it was kind of funny, but um, yeah. And like, so like that was another, like, it was just like a really exciting series and it was fun. Um, so like there was, there was that, uh, but then it's just like everything sort of clouded by how, how like just poorly, like the Dodgers are playing right now. We have some listener questions. What we do? What? I, I put out, uh, you know, just to try to change it up. Not that we didn't have a lot to talk about. I just wanted to see, uh, and and honestly, like sometimes questions uh, are more flow more freely when the team's doing poorly. So, like, I just want to see what people are asking. Uh, so, yeah, we we have some people who responded. All right. First question is from Brandon Johnson. With the way some of the bench guys have been performing so far this season, could you see a scenario where Michael Bush sees big league time this season? So he he checked in as like the, not quite consensus, but he was basically like the number three prospect on most of the national lists for the Dodgers um, behind Caber Ruiz and uh, Josiah Gray, the pitcher. But like, and Bush is like, you know, back end of like a lot of the uh, national top 100 lists. That said, like it's not, it's not exactly analogous to say like he well he's never played above uh, low A, which he that was his level in 2019 because he was at the alternate site last year and like so that counts for something. That that said, like I think it's highly unlikely 
that he plays in the majors this year. You have a poor That's, track record making these predictions. <laughs> yeah, but like I mean, it's I, I just want to give if 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 anyone's out there is a Michael Bush fan, you can hold on to that yeah, hope. Th- there's a big step between like where he's at and I think where he, for him to be in the majors. Like sure. they have, I, I think so. They have a lot of other like potential options. Uh, not a lot, but like some that they would they would call up before him and and like I don't it's not like he they, they're gonna call him up and and like expect him to be a savior like he's he's not gonna he's not gonna come in and like start at second you know or something like that so they they tend the the phenom type call-ups have been usually to get playing time I don't think I don't see them calling him up to be a bench guy you know right like they didn't do that with like Seeger or uh, I guess Jock a little bit, but it was it was September, so it was a little bit different. But he even played. So. And we're still with the adjusted September call up thing, right? It's twenty eight uh, or whatever. Yeah, oh, that's like sort of the new. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, you know, you could I could maybe see him giving a Will Smithian cup of coffee um, in September, but even then, even even if that happened, and it, I don't no, not saying that's likely, he would have to like whether he would get playing time. I doubt it. But even um, like tw- it's twenty eight is like nothing. Like yeah. they're just going to use that for extra pitchers yeah, and Caber Ruiz. Like <laughs> so, well, we talked about this too. Like Caber um, uh, Ruiz is like is the I think the most likely option because right now it's only on the forty man. It's only Ruiz and Rex. Um, uh, so uh, you know, uh, so I think that's the more likely one. Like in the immediate time, but like yeah, maybe later. He, if Bush is like absolutely tearing up. Like say double A, um, I, I think first he goes to triple A, but then like you know it would take a little bit for th- for that to happen. And there's also you know we're not too far removed from th- this kind of being a very easy thing to at least attempt to solve via trade. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I could see that. You know, it's not like bench guys are you know those are some of the slightly more easier to acquire, and the Dodgers certainly have. Uh, the prospect pool, not maybe what it once was, but again, when to get a bench guy, you don't need those marquee top 100, top 30 uh, prospects to to try and roll and dice on, say, a David Freeze figure, which the Dodgers mm-hmm. would certainly take right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He could unretire. Hmm? I, I, hmm? I I mentioned that um, I I sort of half half seriously asked. I wonder what David Freeze is up to these days on Twitter the other day. But then, like, uh, a couple people were actually, actually, he was at the Cardinals game. They had, like, a ceremony or something. And they said he was enjoying himself, like, drinking Bud Light. <laughs> I was like, I said, that sounds about right. He, he doesn't have to ever buy, buy a beer uh, ever again in St. Louis. So I get it. So he's probably enjoying retirement. From IPTV Service Pro on Twitter. Do you have any updates on Steven Souza Jr.? If he is fine with all the injuries, could you see him being called up soon? So they the Dodgers signed him to a minor league deal. I forgot who he was with in spring training, but I believe he it was the one of those things where he didn't make the team, so he like he he re- requested his opt out. He was a non roster guy. So yeah, I think he's a he's he's one of those guys. I think would end up like uh, calling him up. You know, adding him to the forty man. Now they have some. I, I would imagine that at some point when they do need to add someone to the forty man, they would just put Corey Knebel on the sixty days. So it's just a matter of deciding who that might be. Like it might be like say when they 
um, if they end up um, optioning like Edwin Rios. Um, so like, you know, maybe in the coming days, who knows? Like, I don't know if Sousa's that guy. Now you could also see a situation where uh, now Matt Davidson didn't really hit at all, like in uh, in spring training, but he was like a non-roster guy who got a lot of run uh, and even briefly talked about like him being as like a, a, a an occasional pitcher to like rest the bullpen. Like maybe they call him up for the Friday bullpen game. Who knows? No, um, I don't know. Like I I think you're more likely to see someone like Souza or um, Davidson. I don't have like a, a report on on Souza from the alternate side. It's one. Of, it's going to be one of the things to the the benefits of having an actual minor league season again that starts next week where we can actually see, like, who's playing, uh, how they're doing, like, you know, in a much more readily available fashion. So I'm very much looking forward to that. I'm going to let you take the next few uh, yeah. listener con- contributions. Now, so before I get to this, we, we talked about earlier, uh, Victor Gonzalez, like, literally, as we were recording, they activated him back. So he just missed a day. Okay. Uh, DJ Peters was uh, briefly um, called back up yesterday, but he was optioned today. So, yeah. Um, so this story I, I thought was interesting. Uh, we got this. This came via email. Uh, we mentioned last week that hardly anyone uses the the True Blue TBLA podcast at gmail.com, but a few people have recently. This is from Tim Swanston uh, via email. He had a, a long email about how uh, Blake Snell reminded him of Johnny Padres, both in like mannerisms and cockiness and. Now, not necessarily stature. Like Blake Snell is much taller than Johnny Padres, but it was it was kind of funny. He said even their faces look alike. It, it was a it was a very nice email, but uh, he wanted to pass this along, and I thought this was a fun story, so I'm sharing it. Um, this is from Tim. Uh, I want to pass on this anecdote from Dodger folklore. Can't swear it is the truth, but if it ain't, it ought to be, which is my favorite kind of story. Um, this is from Tim again. Uh, Padres is walking by Walter Alston's office, and here's Smokey, that was Alston's nickname, tell someone that he didn't know whether to start Newcomb or Padres for the seventh game. This is 1955 World Series. Um, Padres sticks his head in the door and tells his manager that he, if he, Padres, starts, he will not let the Yankees score. The story cuts both ways, too good to be true and too good not to be true. And I I completely agree with Tim. That's a That's a perfect kind of story. Um, it, like, even if it's not true, you want it to be true because it's a fun story. I did some looking up to see how much truth there was to it. Uh, maybe it didn't happen exactly as uh, reported, but, um, it's close enough that, um, you know, it's at least plausible. Uh, so I found this, this is from the Delacorte Review actually last year. It was like a long, sort of like an oral history type thing of, um, the 1955 World Series, it was centered a lot around a couple, like, fans who were in Brooklyn who were watching the game. The game was at Yankee Stadium, but um, this is the, the section on on Padres. It says, um, Padres was also incredibly confident. He might easily have been called cocky. The day before, after the Dodgers had lost to send the series to Game 7, he told Pee Wee Reese not to worry. He was going to shut them out. So that... That both refutes the story, but also shows Padres' cockiness. Like, he knew the day before he was going to start. So, like, um, but also, like, the fact that he was, like, um, very confident. Now, it, when P- Johnny Padres died in 2008, uh, and I, uh, in the Press-Telegram locally here uh, in his obituary, this was a quote from Don Newcomb. 
the other uh, member of that uh, story. Um, My mind went back to Yankee Stadium, 1955, the seventh game of the World Series, said Newcomb. Uh, I thank God for Johnny Padres. I remember how confident he was in the clubhouse before game seven. Walter Alston called a meeting and Johnny said, just give me one run. Well, they gave him two and we were were champs. Uh, He was a man of his word. He lived up up to his word and I appreciate it. So maybe, maybe not completely true story, but still pretty great. And you have to to handle the next one because I'm I'm not qualified. What's your favorite new food offering at Dodger Stadium? Yeah, so this is from SoCal Librarian on Twitter. Um, they have some new stuff. I, I tried a couple of them on the on this uh, the second homestand. I believe they're going to open up a few more things for the next homestand too. Shake Shack, most famously, is new, but it's not open yet. Um, now, and th- this is mostly because of like um, you know COVID restrictions. Even the menu the menus are limited at a few of these places, just be- to to keep it easier in terms of flow. Um, and, and trying to like not get as many crowds, you know, together in, in one spot, um, or, get, you know, keep people as distance as possible. Um, now I will say the, the things that stood out, um, to me, the, well, the two things I tried were first was bow and bowls. That's in the center field plaza. It's more on the right field side. It's actually next to shake shack. Um, now I looked online, like it was actually, weirdly on Postmates and it had, um, although it wasn't, it it was showing as closed, but it had sort of the menu and they had some more options that were actually available. When I was there on the homestand, they only had a chicken bowl, which was like chicken and rice. Um, now it came in the Dodger like souvenir bowl. It's a white bowl. It's like, um, sort of shaped like half of a baseball with the stitching and everything. And it says Dodgers. I already had a few of those from a few years ago. They're actually great for cereal or ice cream, like when you're at home. Um, so that was just okay. The the chicken and rice. Now, but I was looking forward most to the bow, um, the like pork filled buns. Um, that was also just okay. But like in terms of for like a ballpark food, it was like good. Now, I will say this, it came with this, like, sweet and sour uh, sauce, which, when when dipped in that, it was actually very good, So, and especially for ballpark food, so I do recommend that. Um, they all, um, the other thing I tried uh, was on the field level, a uh, little sweet chick, um, which is just literally just chicken sandwiches and waffle fries. Now, the... So the chicken sandwich uh, has mayo on it, which I did not realize when I ordered. I would have said no mayo, but um, the mayo was actually, like, you, you barely noticed it was there. So, like, it wasn't that bad. Um, so the chicken sandwich I thought was very good, especially for a ballpark food. Like, it was really good. Now, it, I don't think it was as good as, say, Popeye's, like, um, chicken sandwich in the, the fast food chicken sandwich wars or anything like that. But it's close enough. Um, now I had high hopes cause the waffle fries looked amazing, like in terms of like, um, crispness and all this. Now th- they were all pre-made and like sitting under a heat lamp. And when I got them, they were cold. So they were terrible. Uh, but I think if they were hot, they'd probably be excellent. Um, but yeah, so those are the two things I've tried. Uh, next home stand, I'm going to hit the, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the taqueria and possibly barbecue and, 
whenever Shake Shack's open, I'm going to try that. Uh, CPK I haven't tried, but I mean, I've had that before, so yeah. I, I'm sort of delaying that. But yeah, th- those are the things that stood out. Um, yeah. And then, oh, I forgot. We, we, we jokingly mentioned this a lot, uh, how we want to have Farmer John as a sponsor. Well, maybe they have some sponsorship money available <laughs> now because they're no longer supplying the Dodger Dogs anymore. I guess it happened last year. But, you know, there was no no one around to sell Dodger Dogs to you, so it wasn't really a thing. Bill Shaken reported on this. Um, the Dodgers haven't announced who they're going to actually, uh, like their, their supplier now, but they will at some point. But it's no longer Farmer John. The Farmer John logo is not there anymore. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Now, I, I've only had, I've been to, I believe, 12 home games counting the Freeway Series, and I've only had hot dogs one of the games and I had the Super Dog, which are the all beef and a little bit bigger. Those are good, um, but I yeah, I, my my sort of joking response was maybe now the Dodger Dogs can taste good because they they've been pretty bad for a while. But I think part of that is just how they're prepared. Yeah. Um. So like we'll see. I have you know some high hopes that maybe they'll be able to do it. So I will definitely try that as well on the next homestand and report back. And now you have a question for me. I do. Um, so, Sunday night, uh, Corey Seager uh, hit the first triple of the season at Dodger Stadium for either team. Chris Taylor in the game later also tripled. Um, uh, the last time the Dodgers hit two triples in a game was July 3rd, 2018 against Pittsburgh. Who hit them? I will try to answer that after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Which two players hit a triple on July 3rd, 2018? You know what would have been funny if you had not given me the context and this this was the (laughs) just random trivia question. Um, You know what was funny is the way I figure your mind works is my first just not even thinking hard on it was like just run back the same two players because haha wouldn't that be funny um uh that's not the case as Corey Seager was hurt so I uh I'm gonna start with Cody Bellinger um no I'm just checking to see if he what he did in this game Cody Bellinger was 0 for 4 with three strikeouts in this game okay uh no, I, I stand correctly. 0 for 3 with a walk. A well, there we go. He was great. Matt, Matt, Matt Kemp was 0 for 4. Uh, well, there oh, goes off my so next By the way, it's not No, it wasn't Matt Kemp. <laughs> um, Kike Hernandez. Uh, he played center field and checking. 
and he homered. Hey, he didn't, he that's didn't like a triple that you keep going on. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh oh, I'm running out of. Okay, so Matt, can, so I can let. <laughs> uh, now I have to figure out what position Cody was playing. Um, well, okay, so Cody was, I can, Cody was playing first. first. Okay, no, that. I can figure that out because because okay, right. Um, Jock Peterson. Jock also homered. <laughs> Did not triple. Chris Taylor. Uh, yeah, so I, I almost was going to be like, trust your instincts. <laughs> uh, so Chris Taylor, he homered and tripled Oof. and doubled, but he didn't single. <laughs> um, so the triple, actually, uh, let's see. Oh, wow. All three were off Ivan Nova. Good Lord. <laughs> What was Ivan Nova's line in this game? <laughs> he, he gave up seven home runs. Oh, God. The Dodgers hit five home runs off Ivan Nova in this game. <laughs> um, This is interesting. I'm like I'm like putting together the roster in my head as we're doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Turner. No, Justin Turner does a triple. Um, I, so, now and then. Justin, oh, I'm looking yeah, this up. No. He has to have had. He, he's occasional, yeah. yeah. Justin Turner uh, uh, has a uh, single and a walk. So, am I missing the shortstop or the second baseman? Uh, Chris Taylor was the shortstop. Okay, so now, I miss. I will. I, I will say this: uh, he did not start at second base in this game, but Austin Barnes pinch hit and played second in this game. <laughs> um, uh, uh, putting together roster in my head. Um, Yasmani. Yes. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I can't believe you pulled that out. Yeah. Uh, Grandall, I want, he also homered. <laughs> um, so, uh, good lord. Um, yeah, it, it was a it was an extra base hit fest. In when fact, was the last time a, a two players tripled and homered in the same game? So, uh, I'm not looking that up. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'm curious. Um, so, Ivan Nova in that game, five innings, seven runs, nine hits. Eight of them were extra base hits. That's insanity. Um. Wow. Uh, so the second baseman in this game, uh, starting was Max Muncy. He homered twice. <laughs> so yeah, it was God. They what a what a brutal game. Uh, eight to three, the Dodgers won. So you would I would have thought even more runs. Now, the original incarnation of this trivia question was: I was just going to ask who hit the last triple at Dodger Stadium. Uh, would have been last year. But that was also cruel. Uh, now I would have accepted had you if I asked that and you answered Corey Seager, because he hit the last one by a Dodger. But the last actual triple was by Jared Walsh in the last <laughs> series uh, of the season at, by the Angels, for the Angels. So. I'd like to note that Justin Turner hit a triple in 2018 uh, in uh, Colorado. Did he hit? Uh, he may have hit one in spring. I think that's what it was because I remember writing something about that. Uh, and I thought maybe he might have hit one on the road earlier this season, but uh, I didn't. I didn't bother to check. So I, uh, I said it flippantly. He, he's one of those guys who who will occasionally do that. So uh, he actually tripled last year too. There you go. Yeah. What's our yeah. What's our Dodgers rewind? Okay, so I mentioned Max Muncy um, walked uh, five times on Sunday night. Now he tied a Dodgers record. Um, the first one ever to do was Gene Hermansky in 1949. Dusty Baker also did it in 1980. But the last Dodger to walk five times before Muncie was Greg Brock. And that's today's um, sort of uh, 
it's today's Dodgers Rewind. There's no sort of about it. Um, Brock was in 1983. Um, that was his rookie year. He had made his debut in 82, in, late in 82. But, um, so, like, <laughs> Brock had to, like, replace a legend in Steve Garvey at first. He didn't, I mean, they, they chose that for him. So, but it was, like, you know, impossible expectations to live up to because, like, Arguably, like the biggest star of the in, of the infield. Not arguably, he was, um, and like the the sort of writing was on the wall um, that the infield was like coming to its end. Like they were openly talking about it, like during the nineteen eighty one season, um, and then the Dodgers won it all. So like it was sort of the la- definitely the last hurrah for that team. Um, now um, they traded Davy Lopes after the nineteen eighty one season. Mostly because they had Steve Sachs at the ready, and Sachs won like Rookie of the Year in '82. He was really good for the, like most of the rest of the decade for them. Um, now Garvey ended up signing with the Padres as a free agent in December 1982. They traded Ron Say February 1983, so like that was when they sort of made the switch. I was looking back on this to try to see like what they were saying before. Like the, like the trades happened, but like there was, there's a lot of like rumors and stuff. Uh, but I just want to sort of set the stage, right? So you had in 1981, uh, like the, two of the biggest like Dodgers prospects both played first, so it was sort of a problem. Um, Mike Marshall was in AAA, he won PCL MVP. Um, he hit 373, 445, 675, 34 homers, 137 RBIs, 21 steals. Um, I, it's, it's not accurate to say nobody knew about park factors, but like, I think it was less regarded and they were just like in awe of the numbers that some of these guys are putting up in like Albuquerque. Um, but like Brock was also a first baseman and he was a, like a year behind Marshall basically. So in, in 1981 in double a, um, in San Antonio, a less friendly hitters park, uh, Brock hit 295, 352, 549 with 32 home runs. This is from the Albuquerque Journal in October 1981. Um, the writer said Brock uh, might have more power than Marshall, which, like, at the time, you're like, really? Wow. Um, and then he also wrote in this in this piece, uh, Brock is the heir apparent to Garvey at first base with, when, with Marshall groomed to replace, say, at third. Marshall had, like, barely played third at all in the minors, so, like, but that said, this was, like, the time where the Dodgers would, like, move people around willy-nilly. Um, uh, so, in, in also in winter 1981, there were rumors that um, uh, two different, like, AP had this, like, at least two other newspapers had this, where um, um, Pedro Guerrero was, like, sort of rumored to be on the move to San Diego for Ozzie Smith, which would have been, like, fascinating. Like that, they, if that was like the first time they, first way they broke up the infield was by Bill Russell was the guy they ended up keeping, um, but like it would have been amazing, like uh, if that. And then there was this other like mega sort of trade. Um, so, um, in this was in the Des Moines Tribune, and I believe the AP had a version of this as well. This is December nineteen eighty one, around the same. They also had the Guerrero uh, rumor. But they had the Dodge. This is what the Dodgers offered the Cubs to get Bill Buckner, uh, who was older at the time, but he was also, I think, coming off a batting title or, or like close enough to a batting title um, 
former Dodger as well. They offer the the Cubs Ken Landro, and then one of three pitchers, Dave Stewart, Rick Sutcliffe, or Alejandro Pena, and one of Mike Marshall or Greg Brock. Um, that would have been like a stunning deal at the time. And the thought was Buckner was going to play left field, and you keep Garvey at first. Um, so very interesting. None of that actually obviously happened. Um, but like it's just funny to sort of look back at the rumors and stuff. Now, the, the guy who said Brock may have more power than Marshall, uh, it sort of came true because in 82 in Albuquerque, Brock hit 44 home runs. He also walked 105 times. Um, he, he hit 310, 432, 663. So then by the, by the time they let Steve Garvey walk, they went with the cheaper option uh, in Brock at first. And so, like, you know, it, it's obviously... From a fan standpoint, um, he's never going to replace Garvey. So he had he had that working against him. Now, if you look at a few things, you know, he was at least comparable to Garvey, I would say. So over so for his first three years, 83 to 85, uh, Brock, 235, not a good average, but he walked a lot. So he had a 333 on base and a 413 slugging. His OPS plus was 110. He hit 55 home runs. And his total uh, baseball reference war was 5.0. Garvey over the same time had 3.4 war. He hit 39 home runs. He had a 106 OPS plus, but he also hit 285, which was you know 50 points of batting average on him. 320 on base, which was lower than Brock. 415 slugging, slightly higher, uh, but roughly the same. So like similar production, but also Garvey played in 60 more games. He drove in 60 more runs. Uh, obviously insanely more popular. He had a walk-off home run in the 84 NLCS uh, for the Padres, while the two playoff series that Brock had in the NLCS in 83, he was 0 for 9. In 85, he was 1 for 12. He had a home run, but he, and he walked twice, but he really didn't do anything. So, like, he, ha- he has this sort of, you know, um, he's not going to win any, any sort of battles in that regard, right? So... He ended up also playing for the Dodgers in 86, uh, Greg Brock did. Um, He was traded, uh, so in his four years with the Dodgers, he had 71 homers, 108 OPS+. Pretty productive, you know, hitter. I I would argue his biggest contribution was being traded to Milwaukee uh, at the 86 winter meetings for Tim Leary and Tim Cruz, both of whom were key members of the 88 World Series. Leary won 17 games. Tim Cruz was like a key member of the bullpen. Um, now Brock played five more years. I couldn't, I didn't do full research on this to figure out he, he was dealing with injuries or something because he was kind of done at like age 34. Um, but he played five years, four full years with the Brewers and five total years, um, ended his career with 110 homers, 105 OPS plus 10.0 war on the dot. Now his issue, he was a left-handed hitter. He struggled against lefties, 655 OPS uh, against lefty uh, left-handed pitchers compared to 762 against righties. Um, the other thing is he battled uh, either ineffectiveness or injuries, but he, he only qualified for the batting title twice. He only played 120 more than 129 games twice. He averaged 120 games in his eight full seasons, so that that was another sort of issue with him. It's one of those things where the hype was you know immeasurable on Brock coming in, so. He, He's not going to live up to that, but also he had to replace Garvey, so he's not going to live up to that. So he may be treated a little unfairly. He was a productive player, 
just maybe wasn't wasn't what the Dodgers were expecting. So it's one of those weird things. Now, I do have a Greg Brock trivia question related to his walk. So mm-hmm. in 83, when he had five walks, uh, Brock, I believe, during that stretch also walked nine times in three games, which Muncy did recently, and then he added two more walks last night. So, um, but yeah, uh, Greg Brock, 83 walks, 1983 when he was a rookie. It's the fourth most walks uh, in a season by a Dodgers rookie. Can you name any of the three ahead of him? So I have names written down, but I'm curious before I answer. Yep. How many of them won Rookie of the Year? Um, I'm gonna. I just want to check one thing. Let's see. I'm a little nervous that you have to check that. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, I, I, there's, there's one I always sort of forget, and, and like, yeah, one of, one of the three. Only one. Oh no. Uh, I'm, I'm just gonna double check. Wow, this one didn't even get. All right. Yeah, this one didn't even get votes. The one there's the the one two one of them that one didn't get votes probably should have, um, and then the other one finished sixth. Okay, um, that is going to make my list difficult as I think they. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I will start with Jackie. No. Okay. Cody Bellinger. No. Mike Piazza. Nope. Steve Sachs. Nope. Eric Karras. No, he didn't walk. This is, these questions are always interesting because I have to think of people who walked, but a lot of times it's also just you you were good enough that you started in the year and you got enough plate appearances that you I'll, I'll just... give I'll give you one more hint, uh, or one hint I didn't give you a previous hint. Um, I'm going to look up these uh, totals during no, our next segment. So, um, one of these players is in the Jacob Birch era. One, okay. Um, and I, I, I did, I cheated on one thing. I just, I double checked it wasn't Zach Wheat, uh, <laughs> who had forty something. Um, and also, there wasn't rookie of the year. But you're right. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I mean, he was I still know, a rookie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but say they didn't have rookies back then. <laughs> they liked it. Man, I'm trying to think of Jacob Birch era Andre Ethier. Nope. All right, I'm tapping out. How did I not get one? Man, I did good. Okay, so I, the, I've been on a streak lately where I've been kind of proud, and now I'm just embarrassed. Yeah, you should be. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, the Jacob Birch era uh, uh, player is Jock Peterson. Okay, who uh, that makes nine, 92 times. Makes total uh, sense. Um, now I believe this is, uh, 20. Yeah. Well, he's definitely, so, uh, Peterson at 26 home runs and 92 walks. Brock had 20 home runs and 83. Those are the only two 2080 rookies, uh, in Dodgers history. Now the other, uh, the one that didn't get a vote in rookie of the year in 1970 was Billy Grabarkowitz. Um, that was the one I, I always forget, uh, if he had won Rookie of the Year, but he obviously did not. But he had a very good year. Um, he walked 95 times, um, 17 homers, 20 doubles, 8 triples. Didn't really do much after that. Um, then, But the Dodger record for walks in a season, Jim Gilliam walked mm. 100 times and won Rookie of the Year in 1953. He led the league in set with 17 triples. Uh, and also 14 cross ceiling, but we didn't need to talk about that. Um, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I'm looking up numbers. Uh, Jackie got close, 74. What? So, mm. um, well, there we go. Hey, you know what? Well, cheer me up. I get to ask you trivia questions in this segment. Yeah, you, and I'm going to bomb. Yeah. <laughs> do, do, you, do you know what it is? Do you know what is we're doing? Do you know what we're doing? You know what mm, we're about to do? Uh, this, na- You know, we should have a, a name for this segment, I think. I think we do. It's... Questions from Crit. Five questions more than that in terms of answers. And to start with, we have a three-parter, I believe. Trivia question for you, Eric. Are you ready? I am ready. It's on active pitchers and hit by pitches. There are three, three uh, active pitchers with yeah. over 100 hit by pitches. Can you name them? Okay, so... Uh, um... I th- I'm gonna go with Justin Verlander. Nope. Is he oh, you're not gonna get any of these. <laughs> if you get <laughs> any of these, I will. I'll buy you a beer the next time I'm in LA, which I'd probably wow. do anyways. But yeah, uh, let's see. Um, I, oh, that's that makes me feel even less confident. Um, so I'm trying to think of uh, what about like J. A. Happ. Uh, uh, nope. Wow. Okay. Um, uh, somebody's pitched a long time, um, but also wild. Um, see, I was gonna go with like Max Scherzer, you know, and all these guys, but like now, now since you said that, I'm not. Yeah. Um, I'm happy so to have that been a hit. <laughs> what about what? What about okay? I I will say. What about Adam Wainwright? Nope. Uh, um, hundred hit by pitches. I, I'm, I'm not like uh, up to like like who normally leads in this category, you know. And if it's like twenty a year, could it just be a young guy who's very very wild? Um, I would call all of these players veterans. Yeah. Okay. So let's say someone who like pitched in two thousand ten ish. Um. God. Um, I think they all pitched here. I'm going to... Uh, one's first season was 2005. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, one's first season was 2008. And one first season... Come on. The, the other thing... So I'm just going to say Rich Hill, even though I don't think he got enough opportunities, but Rich Hill? Uh, no, but you're right to think of someone known for curveballing. And the other is also 2008. Um, perhaps famously in playoffs, famously against Dodgers. What? Oh, Lance McCullers? Nope. You're you're in the right territory. Um, I'm gonna make sure I, I just throw you off. Charlie Morton. There you go. Wait, I thought it was McCullers who threw all the curves. I thought it was both, but I'm I'm looking that up now, and if I'm McCullers, I'm like didn't he like end game seven with like. 20-something straight curveballs or whatever. Uh, I'm looking it up now. I'm going to have that. Fine. Gonna... Yeah. But I, 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 um, I'm I, going to, okay, I'll try to guess another one. Uh, uh, one other is it, it currently plays for a division rival of the Dodgers. Oh, God. Uh, oh, oh, um, God. Wait a minute. Ah, shoot. Um, why can't I remember his name? Uh, Julius Chassin? Nope. Um, 
Kevin Gaussman? Nope. Uh, <laughs> I'm enjoying this. Just, just so. Um, yeah. Uh, so Charlie Morton throws his pit curveball 30% of the time more than any other pitch. I'm not crazy. That's fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, man, no, I, I tap out. I don't know. I don't know who the other ones are. Um, Johnny Cueto. God, nice. And uh, Irvin Santana. Ah, smell baseball. Damn it. All right. <laughs> Since 1960. So I'm going to give you a, t- uh, um, a softball before moving on real quick. Uh, who leads the Dodgers all time in hit pitchers with hit by pitches? Is not This is not one of his oh. questions, but this is. A... Um, oh, okay. Is a pitcher with a very <laughs> famous quote. Regards yeah. To okay. So yeah. So the funny part about this, I, I'm I'm seeing the question now because Craig sent this as part of the thing. So yeah. uh, I was gonna guess Don Drysdale as one of the the um, Dodgers with 53 um, uh, or more hit by pitches, but um, yeah. So but yeah, that's that's so he's he's the one, huh? Uh, it should be noted, Lance McCullers throws his curveball 29.5 percent of the time. Go away. I win. Uh, but he he literally threw like all curves. I know, so I know, I know. Uh, uh, what uh, uh, tensional base is waste of three pitches? Is that the quote? Yeah, or like why? Why? Yeah, what was it? Why? Why would I waste four pitches yeah. when I can only use one? Or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> Not anymore, well, Don Drysdale. <laughs> right, and the other I still one, think like, he uh, probably would just be drilling people. <laughs> but also, the other thing was like they talked about catcher signs, like. If the catcher would like flip his thumb, like you had to, like you know, make the batter flip or move, you know, hit go to the dirt, and he's like, they didn't really have to give me that sign. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's another classic. So. Um. All right. So the question is: Since 1966, four LA Dodgers have 53 or more hit by pitches as a Dodger, um, and one is not Don Drysdale, who only had 39 from that era. So why? So the fact that he says since 1966. Uh, so I'm gonna say Claude Osteen. Nope. Um, well then, I don't know why he picked picked sixty six. Uh, yeah, Craig is a um, tricky. He's tricky. Yeah, he's a trickster. Let's go with that. Um, so 1966. That's oh Don Sutton. Yep, sixty two. Yeah, of course, since he like who is um, third on this list. Third. Um, I don't remember. One of these players is a former uh, Dodgers Rewind top, or two, two are uh, one additional one since it's not Don. One in addition to Don Sutton. Charlie Huff. Nope. Um, Fernando. Uh, nope. Even more recent than that. Um, Ramon Martinez. Uh. Yes, was he a Dodger Rewind? <laughs> I don't think he was. I was like, I was just going to guess him. Uh, um, he's fourth on the list with fifty-three. Um, okay. Um, wait, Chanho Park, number one, seventy-four. Wow, because he was not that long. That's five years as a starter. Wow. <laughs> um, okay, so there's one more I'm missing. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um. Um. Who else hit people? Um, <laughs> dang. Um, I mean, 
Oral pitched for a while. I don't remember him hitting people. I'm just going to say Oral Hershiser. There you go, number two. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Last part of this multi-part trivia question. Three pitchers who have pitched for the Dodgers in 2021 have 50 or more hit-by-pitches. Can you name these pitchers? Okay, so got to go with the oldies. Um, so he has a hint if you want it. No, I'm not going to take the hint yet. Okay. Um, it's a good hint. So David Price. Yep. Um, 59, number two on the list. All right. Um Um, Both of these names make total sense. (laughs) Even without um, that. For different reasons. Yeah. Um, Both of these names make total sense. Um, Oh. Oh, who have pitched for the Dodgers in 2020. I almost said Joe Kelly. Um, Now. um, (laughs) That would make you more. That would be very funny. Uh, Trevor no. Bauer. Yep, sixty-five. Mm-hmm. And then, which is interesting because he commented that he's not the kind of guy to drill in retribution, but, I don't but know. he, he strikes bouts, me as bouts, someone who might do that. <laughs> bouts of wildness. Um, yeah. Um. Wow. Okay. Um, bouts of bouts of wildness has certainly explained uh, this picture so far. Yeah. Um. It's amazing that I'm. Is it Jimmy Nelson? It is Jimmy Nelson with fifty. Wow! All right. Uh, last bit. He he has a hint, but I'm gonna let you do this. Uh, if you had to make a really educated guess on how many Clayton Kershaw has in his career, what would you guess? So it's not fifty. Yep. Um. Wow, but he. I don't think he does. Maybe he did early on. Um, like forty-two. Thirty-four. Wow, that's low. All right. He's pretty good. Yeah. Would you believe? Looking at the per game stats, this is prior to Tuesday night's game. For both of us, predict basically over under. Uh, This is the Dodgers' current rate, um, and we're just going to pick by the end of the season, will they be above this rate or below this rate? All right. Runs scored per game, 4.87. Over? Over. Walks per game, 4.41. You also may pick push if you want to be really brave. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Bakai style. Um, now, I don't have any context for this. I don't know if that seems absurdly like they are. They seem to be walking. And yeah, that seems to be maybe, like the one thing they're doing all right. <laughs> maybe maybe Muncie's not going to walk seventeen times a game. So <laughs> I will say I will say under. I'm going to go over, but just barely. Uh, strikeouts right. per game nine point six five. Um, everyone strikes out. I'm just going to say over. Uh, I'll go under. Home runs right. a game, 1.22. Okay, so 1.22 only puts them at like 190-ish, 195-ish. Um, so I'm going to say over. Uh, I'll go over. Runs allowed yeah. per game, 3.57. Seems pretty good. Um, I think 
Hmm. So the Dodgers' defense. Under, uh, we didn't under. even talk about how bad the Dodgers in the yeah, defense the has defense been. Yeah, the defense has been bad. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was doing this right. song like, well, that's the if that's the ERA. Wait a minute, <laughs> they may out. Cool. Oh, the unearned that, runs the other, might be quite high this the, year. The the other team, the other thing that like stood out was like how the Padres like ran wild over them. Like mm. it was they stole eighteen games in nineteen <laughs> chances in seven games, and the one caught stealing was Clayton Kershaw picking off. I forgot. I think Hosmer maybe, and uh, and Corey Seager dropped the throw at second, <laughs> like so he was safe. Uh, but was I'm still going under on runs. Too. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. yeah. Um, uh, did you say over or under? I'm sorry. I said under on runs. All right, yeah. I'll go over, but again, just barely. I think. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're probably right. I think. Uh, hits allowed per game seven point oh nine. I think over on that. Um. Yeah, probably. I'll say that too. Home runs allowed per game, 1.04. Ooh, it's so got to be over that, right? That's so little. It seems like not a lot. I think I'm going to go under just, just to, so we can have a different answer. So, does This is the next question. Uh, does Josiah Gray uh, make his Major League Baseball start before Andre Jackson or Edwin Usita? Okay, um, so just... To put that in perspective, Jackson and Yusita are both on the uh, 40-man roster. Um, Gray is not. He's also their top pitching prospect, arguably their top overall prospect. Uh, I will say this. On the, the upcoming or on the road trip uh, that starts in Milwaukee, uh, they are bringing Yusita as part of the taxi squad. Um, now, do did did they call him up to start the bullpen game Friday just to, to throw this into a uh, a possibility, uh, but also Mitch White is on the the taxi squad, so and they've already brought him up, so maybe he's more likely. I actually sort of think they would, um, at some point bring Gray up because he's closer to being ready. But the the fact that 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 Friday is literally an option for Yusita is like is is, and he's also on the forty man. Oh man, that's a tough one. Yeah, I think this is really is a does. Uh, my ah. my impression is given given that Yusita is on the taxi squad that they're more and it get man it get it gets even more screwed up, um, just because the minor leagues haven't started, so they're they're maybe more willing to carry a guy on the taxi squad and you know maybe dip a little bit into real playing time and maybe they're not going to be willing to do that during the minor leagues. I so, so yeah. There's also a timing thing like Price hamstring right now, Gonsolin still throwing long toss in Arizona, not really close to ready. Um, so like like right now the the question of who's their sixth starter is a legitimate like question mark. So like there's this window where Gray if if they think he's ready like, would they just call him up? Then you'd have to use an option later on in the year, but I don't think that's necessarily a problem. Um, but I'm going to say Gray does make his first MLB start before either of those two, but I'm like, I'm not. It's not like I, I, I'm sort of waffling. I, I, I will say yes um, before, yeah. I before, say uh, Gray makes his start before the two, but Yusita makes his M- debut before Gray. How about that? Yeah, yeah, I think that that's probably true. Mike Trout's career high in doubles is 39, which he has done twice. Do you think this will be the year he reaches 40 or more? Yeah, so I so Trout has seven doubles in 19 games. He's off to like a really he's hitting like 
I think his OPS is like over 1,300 or something. He's hitting over 400. Um, so he had nine nine doubles all last year, 53 games. Um, I, I do think he's going to hit 40 just because I think he's just going to keep hitting the ball hard. He's going to hit 40 home runs. He's going to hit 40 doubles. So yes, on Trout hitting um, 40 doubles. Sure, why not? The biggest story this week was the announcement that longtime Dodger sponsor Farmer John was no longer supplying the iconic Dodger dog. So this is a two-part question. Which brand is your favorite hot dog? Oscar Mayer, Hoffy, Nathan's Ballpark. And would you prefer a brand or per- excuse me, perhaps a local sa- sausage manufacturer to be the supplier at Dodger Stadium? Uh, Worse, Kuka is just supplying the hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I don't like. I don't know. Uh, I don't have a preference on like who they choose, as long as it's you know it, it, we're talking about something that's going to be like mass produced. So like whatever. I mean, I think whatever works, right? Like uh, um, is is fine with me there. Now, I I'm not a huge hot dog at home person. Mm. Uh, it's an occasional thing. Yeah. I'm I if I I'm if I'm gonna go to the store and like buy something like that to make it home, I'm more likely to actually get like sausage. Um mostly because uh it's not necessarily like an eight pack. Whereas like, you know, hot dogs you can get and then, you know, have as like a it's you it really almost is exclusively like a baseball thing. Like, okay, I'm in a baseball mood right now and I uh I'll get like an eight pack of hot dogs and then an eight pack of buns. Whereas if you, if I get sausage, I'm, it's either going to be like, it, it could be a prepackaged thing or I could go to the, the deli counter and get like, you know, six rolls and then get like the, the roll of sausage buns that are usually come in a six pack. Um, but if I'm getting hot dogs, I, I would, I usually just get the store brand. Um, but if it's not that, um, I, like Farmer John is right up there. Hoffy is a is another sort of go to, um, but yeah, like I I guess I I don't really have a preference. It's, so I'm 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 kind of weird in that way. My favorite hot dog I've had at a stadium was at City Field, and they used Nathan's. So I think that'll be my answer here. But I have yeah. a proposal. What if they just get the street dog to be the new Dodger dog? Like who oh. who says no? Especially if they you know keep what? the pricing. I, I forgot this, and and I it was only because I could remember it. But Craig has it as one of his things is ballpark, and I do I think I do pick ballpark more often. Uh, but I think part of it is because I think it's 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 at Stater Brothers more often. That's where I usually go. Uh, but also I ballpark you they usually have like the fat free hot dogs, um, and ballpark has like the best ones of those that I've had. So like. Um, Ballpark is, is up there for me, too. But, yeah, Street Dog is cool. I think generally, I, like, like I said, I got the Super Dog the last time I got a dog. So I, I think the ones with, like, more snap to it, and I think Nathan's, like, falls in that. Hebrew National uh, is mm. another, like, occasional go-to. But, it's again, like, if I get hot dogs, it's usually out. Like, there's Dog House or, um, you know, look. I'll, I'm a, I'm a sucker for Wiener Schnitzel every now and then too, sure. right? It's a, it's a thing. And so I'm more likely to get a hot dog in that way than I am at the store. Well, there we go. If I, wow. if, if I, uh, if I felt 
if I was fully vaccinated, I would go into a quick trip right now and uh, get oh, a hot man. dog. Oh, man. That uh, look, I'll even eat an A and PM hot dog. I'm not, I'm not, uh, <laughs> I'm not opposed to it. That, and that said, I, uh, Saturday is my two week date, so uh, I'm looking to just drive to Phoenix and get a quick trip hot dog. I, yes, I'm, I'm going to drive to Quick Trip, get a <laughs> get a 44 ounce Diet Mountain Dew, and then a. Uh, oh man, that sounds wonderful right now. It's worth it too for you know six hours with those driving <laughs> yeah, and gas. Of course. And, yeah, I, I love it. So I'm going to go do that. I'm going to go. You know what? I'm going to go get a hot dog right now before the Dodger game and uh, hope hope everyone had a good time listening. Thanks for all the questions, and we will talk to you uh, next week.